your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Good afternoon. This is Rich Rothman. It's uh, 4 o'clock straight up on uh, the Rich Rothman Show with Wanda Miles in the booth. Hello, Wanda. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> this will make Obama happy because he told us that he's embarrassed by us being in Europe, not being able to speak the languages. So oh. we, so from now on, we should say bonjour, comment ça va. That's about it. That's it. That's, that's it for me. It. That's all I can do. I don't do well with friends. I'm I, good at the greetings. I'm not good with frogs. That's that's the truth of the matter. Although I am becoming friendlier since Sarkozy's there. I, I'm... I'm, I'm Feeling better about things well, with friends. He's like a frat guy. <laughs> well, he's got some heck of a good-looking wife, I'll tell exactly you that. Exactly, a frat guy. Uh, who took some incredible photographs, be? by the way, but that's another whole story. And certainly not for WKAT. We're on 1360, speaking of which, yeah. WKAT. It's Friday. We're also streaming at therichrothmanshow.com and at 1360wkat.com. And you can always go to the Apple iTunes and we're going to talk about Apple phones in a bit, but iTunes, and you can listen to the show, and actually you can download all the other podcasts that are out there from the start of the show, which actually goes back to January. So if you've been around for a while, we're very happy to have you with us today. Very exciting day. You know, if you've been watching the stock market today, which I do, uh, I mean, you just you became outraged with the ups and downs. It's like a, a huge roller coaster, down 200 and some odd points, up a couple of points, down 158 points, up again, down again. And you're wondering, you know, where does all this lead? You know, where are the people, where's the, as I said yesterday, where's the Superman or Superwoman that's going to save this country? Because it just appears that we're so out of control that, uh, you know, I listened to uh, uh, at about, I guess, around 12-something today, uh, or just prior to that, the president uh, had been having meetings with his um, head of energy, and uh, the head of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the feds and so forth, and trying to get his act together and explain uh, with some breaking news, as they would say, on all the news channels, uh, how we're going to, the feds are going to save uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and how, uh, uh, the, you know, we're going to do something with energy and, uh, you know, uh, move forward with America and then, you know, but it sounds so doom and gloom. You know, it's a it's a supply and demand thing, and, of course, no one is really admitting it's a speculation thing, uh, but it is, a, to a degree, a supply and demand thing, but a lot of it is speculation. A lot of it is our own arrogance not doing anything for 30 years, and a lot of it happens to be a bunch of evil people in the world, which I do believe 100%. And then I, th- I, and I, I can't but help being a conspiratorial-type person from the 60s and 70s because yeah. well you did when you grew up in those days you trusted nothing i mean everyone t- was out to get you you know well yeah and and we got them we burned buildings down uh we did <laughs> that at what, my campus there was uh there was a fire in a building i won't go into greater detail yep but uh but we you. we burned uh draft cards we did all sorts of stuff from that generation because we didn't trust and we didn't believe in anything except that we didn't like what was happening and we were out in the streets doing something it's sort of like the Rolling Stones. We were just discussing the Stones, but you know that's the Rolling Stones did a whole thing. It's you know time for uh, riots and uh, taking it to the streets, but uh, not a Doobie Brothers thing, by the way. That's not where we're going with that. That's taking it to the streets, which is another whole song from a decade later. Gotcha. Gotcha. But um, but I I just can't help but think that uh, when we start listening like, to again like Harry Reid, who came out with comments about you know uh, before the per- the um, uh, the uh, the, the uh, Iraq war uh, situation where we had the surge that we had in Iraq, 
you know, he made the comments in, in, in the floor of Congress that, you know, we failed. The American military had failed. And, and that is um, whether we failed or not or whether you believe we're failing or not, I don't think that should be out there on, on the floor of Congress. I think we can, we can somewhat uh, temper our voices because our boys and girls, the young men and women are over there uh, risking their lives. Whether they believe in this or not, they're there, they're doing it, and a lot of them are getting killed, a lot of them are getting crippled, but a lot of them believe in what they're doing. And if they doubt for a minute about what they're doing, it's dangerous for them. Then we have Pelosi telling us about the drilling and the oil thing. You're not going to drill your way out of this. And there's such a horrible feeling about America. Um, And what we really need is a strong feeling about America and a strong president, or leader, I should say, that can, can, can bring us together uh, sort of like it would happen with the first inaugural address to agree with FDR. Take a listen to cut number one that Wanda's got for us, and listen to FDR in his first inauguration. The time to speak the truth, the whole truth, frankly and boldly. Nor need we shrink from honestly facing conditions in our country today. This great nation will endure as it has endured will revive and will prosper. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. In every dark hour of our national life, a leadership of frankness and of vigor has met with that understanding and support of the people themselves, which is essential to victory. Well, the point is that uh, here he took a country that was in the throes of a depression, and of course everybody was frightened. I don't think anybody of our generation, my generation, I grew up and born in 47, can really understand what my mother, my father, that great generation, that most sacrificing of all generations, grew up their childhood with nothing. I mean, they had nothing uh, to lose everything. I mean, you watch the movie Cinderella Man, and uh, and uh, and you see how people lived in basements and didn't have heat and didn't have food and were cut off from electric and cut off from gas. And oh, that's right, that's happening today. That's right. I got a little confused, but we could not deal with it because. I don't think we have the courage to deal with anything like that. We don't have the leadership to help us deal with anything like that. So what I'm looking for is a Superman. I'm looking for my FDR, and I don't see it. It's just not there. And um, uh, and I, and I, I am very, very uh, upset and worried about it. How much time do I have left, Juan? Do I have time for the cut number two? No, we'll come back. When we come back, we'll do that? Okay, when we come back, I want to take cut number two, which is another FDR uh, concept. And then we're going to go right on to Neil Asbury, who is in transit. He's traveling around the world, but he's a brave soul, and he's getting back to us. So we're going to be right back. This is Rich Rothman on The Rich Rothman Show, 1360 WKAT. I'll be right back. If you wish to become an effective team member in the Six Sigma process and desire certification with the Six Sigma Green Belt, then you need to enroll in Florida International University's Six Sigma Green Belt Certification Program. This program will run Tuesday evening, September 16th through December 16th, 2008. Add value to your skill set by identifying root causes and generating solutions to eliminate them. This course applies to anyone in the organization who will be part of a Six Sigma process improvement project staff, line supervisors, managers, and directors. In such areas, 
as manufacturing, operations, customer service, engineering, logistics, sales, quality, and purchasing. This course is important for you and your organization. For more details or to register for the Six Sigma Green Belt program starting September 16th, call Florida International University at 305-348-4217. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All mates order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth one pizza at a time. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you. To make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company, you need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way. From the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters today. 305-441-0882. 305-441-0882. Or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. 
Wallet feeling the crunch these days? The Florida Marlins have a way to save with the Marlins Free 5-Pack. Presented by Pollo Tropical. Buy a 5-Pack and get a second 5-Pack free. Packs start at just $75. That's right, only $75. Pick the games of your choice. See the Marlins battle the Cubs, Mets, Phillies, and others. You pick. Bring your kids, bring your buddy, bring your wife. The Marlins Free 5-Pack presented by Pollo Tropical. Get yours today. Call 1-877-MARLINS or go to FloridaMarlins.com. Marlins Baseball. You gotta be here. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. It's South Florida's newest and freshest talk show. Oh, it's true. This is the Rich Rothman Show. It's true. On 1360. It's true. It's true. WKAT. All right, I like that. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? It feels good. Makes me think of Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. America. This is America. And 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 I know Neil's on the phone. We're gonna get to Neil, and I promise Neil, I'm gonna get you in two seconds. But I gotta make this point because it's been bothering me. We have got to nationalize our brains. That's what we have to do. We've got to start thinking that you know what? Our security should not be in the hands of people who wish nothing but our our destruction. And that's the bottom line. When we listen and we watch this this incredible perfect storm of attack on the United States, folks, that's what it's all about. We have an economic attack on the United States. Nobody can beat us militarily, but they sure as heck can beat us economically. They can hurt us. And you know what? We're gripped with fear, and we believe in failure. That is not the American way. That is not the way America survived and is, has, became and is the most powerful, the most wonderful, the most nurturing country in the world. We are the best opportunity for the world. And understand that we're against uh, you know, a group of people who just have absolutely nothing in their heart except for evil malice towards this country. But we shouldn't fear that. We should ratchet ourselves up to meet that challenge. One last cut. I want cut number two, FDR. Listen to this and listen to the words he uses when he talks about Pearl Harbor. Go. Yesterday, December 7th. 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation, and at the solicitation of Japan, was still in conversation with its government and its emperor, looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. I believe that I interpret the will of the Congress and of the people when I assert that we will not only defend ourselves to the uttermost, but will make it very certain that this form of treachery shall never again endanger us. Hostilities exist. There is no blinking at the fact. Well, the point is, I, I don't want to continue that because I don't want to hold up Neil any more than we can. But I think we made our point. Listen to the verbs they use. They're strong verbs. They're unifying words. That's what we need right now. We are under attack. 
I've been telling you this for a long, long time. We are under attack by a group of people who are controlling the energy, who have controlled the economy, and have destroyed us along the way. Or at least they're trying to. But you know what? They don't have to. We don't have to give in, and we can believe in ourselves. And what I'm looking for is that Superman, that Superwoman, who's going to save this country. You understand this. It's not a blue. It's not a red. It's not a black, it's not a white, it's not a woman, it's not a man. It's a super person that we're looking for. We need that person. Now, having said that, we happen to have a super person on the phone right now. I was just thinking that myself. We have Neil Asbury. Hi, Neil. <laughs> wow, what an intro. Well, hey, that's how I feel. You know, I watch the market. I'm sure you look at the market, too. But I watched it today, and I'm saying, you know, being, I told you, I'm, I'm a conspiratorial type of guy. I, if I were writing a novel, this would be the greatest story out there. That a group of people, let me guess who they would be, hmm, maybe the Saudis, hmm. Hmm. Uh, who would like very much, or the fundamentalists anyway, would like very much to see the downfall of this country. That's their plan. But they can't do it militarily. We know that. They, it's just, just not going to happen. But they can do it in our pocketbooks. And, and look what's happened in this country in the last year and a half. We've destroyed the banking system. We've destroyed the mortgage system. You know, we just, we've wrecked the stock market. We've scared the hell out of the lenders. You know, it's hard to get a business loan right now. Our energy costs in the last two months have almost doubled, and they're skyrocketing again today. The market's at the lowest point it's been in two years. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is like the perfect storm of the perfect storm. Why? I just don't think it's just happenstance. I believe this is all pre-planned by somebody. So I'm looking for my FDR. Now, having said that, here's Neil. What an intro. Here's Neil the Superman, somewhere in the heartland of the United States. Hi, Neil. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm actually in Dallas, Texas, uh, the heartland of the United States, and visiting some folks out here, some great folks and, um, uh, in manufacturing and in distribution. I enjoyed Dallas. I did a lot of work when I owned Latin Trade. I used to go to Dallas a lot. I worked with... Uh, uh, Steve Bartlett was the mayor at the time, and we did a uh, white paper and a report for them, and we worked with their international group. And at that time, um, DFW had more active runways than any any airport in the United States for a while. They were very, very, very competitive to us, and Atlanta for that matter. Yeah, you know what I'm what I'm sensing out here, at least in the in the short while that I was here, is that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of cranes. There's a lot of activity here, and perhaps that is because of the oil business being so strong right now. Well, it's the oil business. You know what else, Neil, that uh, that we learned uh, and we worked on is that the interesting thing about shipping in and out of Dallas uh, is that it's 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 24 hours to anywhere in the United States. I think they had six or seven active uh, trunk lines for railroads going in and out of Dallas. Plus, you have the airport that's easy to get to. It's it's a very good international airport. It's a very good domestic airport. So it's an interesting city to do business in, and I found the people there to be very progressive. Yeah, one of the few cities that uh, perhaps is really booming as a result of the malice uh, that you had just described earlier. Yes, that's a good word, Neil. Now, having said word, I want everyone to understand that Neil is a prolific writer. And, you know, what is it? Every week you write another, uh, another thesis, don't you? Yeah, um, I publish for To The Point News, and uh, many of the pieces, uh, uh, kind of truncated versions, uh, can be seen on my blog at Asbury's World, um, uh, A-S-B-U-R-Y-S World.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, the latest one I published was about the Farm Bill. 
Right. Now, let me, let me just frame this a little bit so people understand. Your thesis statement is this. The United States, the European Union, and Japan have used farm subsidies to enrich large agricultural concerns in their own countries, but at the expense of small farmers from developing countries such as the Philippines. What do they mean by that? That's your thesis well, statement. Well, you know, such as, such as, such as in our country uh, itself. Um, and, uh, you know, as I'm here in Dallas, it's uh, the corporate farms, the plantation effect that's going on here. I mean, we're not a country of um, family farmers anymore. Uh, President Roosevelt before, FDR, uh, my hero as well. Uh, farm subsidies were created by FDR in 1933 uh, to aid farmers that were barely staying alive during the Great Depression. Uh, my father's family in West Virginia and my mother's family in Kentucky, as an example, were living on small family farms. And I can tell you, you know, I've heard my grandmother and grandfather say how grateful they were in their time of need. Um, but you know, this noble and uh, necessary uh, plan, uh, 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 like most, like most government-administrated programs, has become grossly perverted. Well, hang on to that point for a minute, because I understand what you're saying. The I, the concept that FDR came out with was really a, a holistic, wonderful approach. And you're right. You know, I, I live well, and I live. That should have been there during the time of the depression, but like, right. like, uh, it's a misconception that farm subsidies exist to stabilize the incomes of poor American well, family farmers. You see, I think you're, I think you're 100 percent correct. I don't think most Americans understand that. Most Americans, if we were to do, you know what, Wanda, I'm gonna, one of these days we're going to go out there with our little Sony. You know, that handheld thingy? Yeah. And we should go on, on the streets and let's ask people, who do you think gets the farm? What do you think of farm subsidies? Because well, you know, I'll, I'll people, tell you, Neil, farming, most Americans think it goes to the average, the average Joe farming out there. Well, 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 and they don't. And let me give you uh, some statistics here. Uh, eligibility for subsidies has nothing to do with low incomes or poverty reduction, but the crop that has grown. Growers of corn, wheat, cotton, soybeans, and rice receive about 90% of all our subsidies. Hey, i got to ask you a question. What about tobacco? Are we still giving that? Yes, we do. Tobacco is also... What it's done is that that we pay farmers money to grow tobacco, you know, to keep prices high. So subsidies, I mean, many Americans may believe that those subsidies are there to help to reduce their cost of food, but it's their tax dollars that's actually going to increase the price of food. Um, the United States, we just, we just uh, uh, you, you got to listen to this. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is absolutely insane. Uh, we just uh, concluded uh, our Congress uh, the 2008 Farm Bill. Now, this farm bill is a five-year deal that provides $300 billion in subsidies, about $50 billion a year. Now, those subsidies uh, go to uh, $20 billion of those subsidies go to directly subsidize uh, the cost of food that allows our farmers to dump on the world markets these corporate farms, not our little family farmer. You're like Archer Daniels Midland. Right. Well, you know, all of those folks, you know, those big mass plantations that we're creating. And by the way, these plantations and corporate farms then get immigrant labor and pay them hardly anything and right. no health care. Of course, we know that. And, and that. and then we take this food, and then because of these subsidies, they're allowed to dump it on the world market between 20 and 40 percent below the cost of production. At the same time, uh, we provide a very uh, guarantee for a gross profit margin. At the time that the, at the time that the industry is is going through the roof. Uh, we're there throwing our tax dollars to these corporate farms, allowing them to go around the world and sell 
20 to 40 percent below the cost of production. Right. Now, now let me tell you, uh, many countries in the developing world can't compete uh, based on, on in Europe uh, selling below the cost of production. Uh, they have not um, they have not developed their own agricultural programs. These poor farmers that would have a chance in the global market who can't compete, countries that can't compete in manufactured goods can compete on agricultural goods because of low labor costs and land and so forth. But those opportunities are stripped away from them because of these corporate farms below the cost of production financed by the American taxpayer. The top 10% of subsidy recipients receive 75% of all federal funds. Right, and let's, can you, let's name some of these. I know everyone knows these iconic names. Let's name well, a couple. Fortune 500s, uh, such as International Paper, Kimberly Clark, Caterpillar, John Hancock Mutual Life Insurance, even Chevron, an oil company, is receiving tens of millions of dollars of American taxpayer money to subsidize their corporate um, uh, uh, haciendas that allows them to then dump food on the world market so starving farmers in developing countries can't make a living. And it's these subsidies that's allowed them to roll up the industry here. It's provided the capital for large corporate farms to buy smaller farmers and consolidate the industry with taxpayer money. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's the biggest corporate welfare welfare program in the history of the United States. But let me tell you, we're not the only guilty party. Well, who are the other countries? The European Union pays out $133 billion annually, and we we are uh, paying uh, 50. Uh, let's let's you know we're, we shouldn't be proud of that. But the European Union, France is the main beneficiary. Get this: a European cow receives foreign subsidies each year than three billion people who live on less than two dollars a day. They a European cow receives more than than three billion people who live on less than two dollars a day well what the problem is for a european cow according to obama is that they're bi uh, bilingual you see they're multilingual so the cows have to learn to move in different languages they're they're paying for a good education <laughs> japan japan's a, a, an economy that's about half the size of ours an agricultural industry that's about one-thirtieth of ours pays out 49 billion and south korea pays out about 20 billion don't think that these are going away anytime soon uh, president Bush uh, actually vetoed the farm bill. I mean, a, a president that has shown a great talent in, in spending taxpayer money found that our farm bill was just too full of pork. He had to, he had to veto it. But his veto was overridden by 85% of the members of Congress. Okay, why? Why? Why was it? Well, Is that because of that $100 billion, million dollar lobby? There's so much. There, a hundred million dollars uh, is spent by agricultural lobbyists each year to influence Congress. And in this bill, there were things like in Nancy Pelosi's district, there was a hundred and eighty million dollars for a for some research on salmon. 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 Right. There, and, and there was there was a hundred and twenty million in pork given to Kentucky horse breeders. It has nothing to do with food. You know when you when, no Neil when you when you write about that and you and we tell the public about that it makes you want to weep because here America is hurting right now and we could be using these dollars towards underwriting research projects not in salmon you know that's a payback for her constituents but in actual technology to get us off this bloody Mideast energy I mean it could be done 
Well, you know, I mean, this is, as again, it's the biggest corporate welfare program in the history of the United States, uh, money that should be used uh, other places. But if you consider that the president's veto was overridden by Congress in such an overwhelming bipartisan way, it's got to absolutely make your head spin. So, I mean, what, so where do we go with this, Neil? I mean, what... Let's not be an iconoclast. All right, we 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 we're going to knock it down, okay, and well, I agree you, with you. Well, you got the U.S. Well, you got the U.S. subsidies, and what President Bush has been saying to the Europeans and to the Japanese: get rid of yours, and we'll get rid of ours. Um, they ain't going to do know, it. It's a red herring. It's a red herring because he knows that that's never going to happen. Exactly. Europe, the French, at the mention of being rid of their subsidies and their high tariffs. The French will have their tractors at the gates of Paris closing that city down uh, uh, overnight. I mean, and they will keep them there for as long as it takes for them to rescind. Well, look what happened and, in France when they tried to fire the kids who couldn't actually function and do their job. They ride in and burn cars. Oh, yeah. I mean, as, uh, France is, 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 is hopeless. Yep. And, then, and then you get to the, then you get to the, uh, to the, uh, to the Japanese. This $50 billion a year that the government gives out to its main constituents, the rural farmers and the rural communities, then comes back the LDP, the Liberal Democrat Japan, in forms of bribes and kickbacks. So it's the whole Greece that has kept the Liberal Democratic Party in power in Japan for the last 50 years, all but for a year and a half. Agricultural subsidies won the Japanese political system. So when you're fighting against something like that, I mean, I mean, how I, I've written about all sorts of problems that we face, uh, whether it's uh, 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 poverty alleviation, corruption eradication, uh, labor rights, environmental protections, and I have solutions for the American trade deficit and so forth. But this thing about agricultural subsidies absolutely has got me um, has got me stumped. I mean, the, the enormity of it, and the and the and the distortion and the manipulation that it does to the global market uh, is 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 it just makes me it just makes me sick. And here we are out there telling the world about free trade and about how they should open their markets up to our manufactured goods while we manipulate the agricultural markets to no end, to the point that they cannot compete. It's kind of like what China is doing with its manufactured goods. It's manipulating the world world market of manufactured goods at the expense of American industrial workers. Well, we do the exact same thing with our agricultural goods. And you can't, you know, you got to call the kettle black here. I mean, we are distorting the marketplace with agriculture just as much as the Chinese are distorting it with manufactured goods. But is there any hope for this? I mean, it sounds you very futilistic. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you've heard of the WTO and the Doha Round and trying to get a, a trade agreement in place. Well, no agreement is ever going to be in place because the agricultural producers, such as such as Argentina and Brazil. Um, uh, the Australians and so forth will never sign on to a deal that doesn't eliminate agricultural subsidies. And they're right to do that because you can't beat them up on opening up their markets on manufactured goods if they can't export the products that they can compete on, agricultural goods. And, we're, I mean, we're just hypocrites in this whole thing. So the Congress, you know, are, made us all a bunch of hypocrites and, and overwhelmingly so uh, by the overriding of this veto on this, on this farm bill. And uh, but if President Bush is sitting here in the White House, he's under immense uh, pressure from the from the lobby, and he has to deal with Europe and Japan. And if there is a deal with the United States that allows Europe and Japan to continue with their subsidies, it's a very hollow sort of a deal.
Well, you know, it's kind all like, kind of like Kyoto. If, if if America does a deal on its CO2 emissions and we don't include China in that deal, nothing has really been accomplished. If we eliminate our subsidies, it's a step in the right direction. But unless we can convince the Europeans and the Japanese to get rid of theirs, the distortions of the global marketplace will still exist. Well, and the farm bill also impedes the importation of, uh, for example, ethanol. Well, yeah, because part of the farm bill is not only these 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 uh, outrageous subsidies, and not only on price subsidies, but subsidies on on fertilizer, on fuel, on freight, on pesticides, and so on. Um, but but it also includes extreme tariffs, tariffs more than a hundred percent. That's the scary and, part, and, isn't it? Too. And, and we have we have built these tariffs again uh, uh, from this incredibly powerful agricultural uh, 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 lobby. Uh, so it is a it is a serious problem. It is a, what did you say? We need a super person. Where's the uh, superhero? Gonna, That's what I'm we, looking we for. Who's going who's gonna to go there and, and set this straight? But before that person emerges, uh, I mean these these things that we're talking about has to become the American needs to start you know getting getting angry over this, start passionate about it, and start electing people who are going to go and represent them, who understand this and are for what's right. See, that's that's and that's the, that's why you're on the show. The point is, the words got to get out, and we have to take back America. And it's you know, I get very frustrated. With, you know, I agree with everything you're saying, Neil. Um, and but I don't. In, in an election year like this, you have to believe that the lobbyists are are fighting hard uh, to keep well entrenched with these. Uh, let me let me. Uh, I love what you say. Uh, these folks in, in Congress who possess neither morals nor shame. I mean, and, and I agree with that. I, I just totally agree with what you're saying. But I don't know, you know, where, who could we go to? Where, where is the group in Congress, if one exists, that embraces what you're saying? Well, on, on the social subsidies, it's it's very thin, as I said, in bipartisan Congress. Oops. Override the president's veto, so it means that the, 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 you know, we're an election year. The farm vote, the farm state vote, is very important. And just like you have Obama pandering to the to the industrial workers and blue collar workers, uh, you have um, you have both candidates pandering to the farm vote and uh, saying that uh, you know that these farm uh, subsidies are fair and that they should be sustained. Well, listen, uh, I, I hate to say it, but we're on a break, and okay, uh, and you're tra traveling, and we're going yeah, to have to stop. Well, listen, Neil, I want you to travel well. I'll see you when you get back. And you know what? We accept, and we're going to post everything you had said today on the website. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Neil. Please Thank you. Care. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, we're going to be right back. This is Rich Rothman on 1360 WKAT, and Wanda's telling me we're on a break. So we're going to be right back, and don't you dare go anywhere. Guillermo's coming. You know where I'm spending my next romantic evening out with my wife? At Biltmore Carl Gables Miami, a golf and spa resort. Maybe we'll start the evening with a five-star dinner at the newly opened Fontana Ristorante, enjoying their authentic Italian cuisine prepared by renowned chef Gaetano Accione. Or perhaps we'll dine at the acclaimed Palme d'Or restaurant. Zagat called Palme d'Or one of the best restaurants in the country. South Florida's best restaurants are at the Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami. On Thursday after dinner, we could really enjoy Biltmore Unplugged. Live jazz music poolside at the Cascade Bar and Grill. Fine food and live jazz is awaiting your next romantic evening at Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. 
Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call them at 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. The perfect night out is at Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. What do you get when you cross an entrepreneurial tycoon and a mass media icon? The business opportunity of epic proportions. With an unstable economy on the minds of so many Americans, more and more people are deciding to start their own home-based business. This is why the legendary CEO of brands such as Christian Dior and Fruit of the Loom, Mr. William F. Farley, has decided to create a company that you have the opportunity to partner with. The name of this company is Zri. Zri has the wholehearted endorsement of the Chopper Center for Well-Being. Founded by Dr. Deepak Chopra, Zri has just launched in North America and is slated to be the next billion-dollar brand. There has never been a better time to capture a piece of the growing health and wellness industry. Ride the wave to prosperity and abundance with the Zri opportunity. Visit wavetoprosperity.com. Remember, the key to success in any business is timing. Get ahead of the wave. Go to wavetoprosperity.com. Today, this time, it's your turn to prosper. Hi, I'm Rich Rothman, and here's a great opportunity for all of my listeners who are attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. You know, now you can borrow up to $625,000, including lines of credit, term and vehicle loans, at exceptional rates and terms. Introducing Total Pro financial lending packages from Total Bank, especially designed for attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. The best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have, whether you have an established practice or you're just starting. Out. And with Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour pre-approval. Just visit www.totalbank.com for all the details. Or you can call Ivis Leon at 305-476-6273. I'm going to tell you again, that's 305-476-6273. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Apply today. Total Bank. Member FDIC. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger. Architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster, this renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business. And of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ 
and J Tax Service. Located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and Rich Robinson. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Your news, your entertainment, your business. I wonder where a guy, an everyday Joe like myself, could find a little action. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. That's right, we need a hero. We need Laura Branigan. Bonnie Tyler, actually. That's but Laura Bo- Branigan would be great, too. That's not Laura, Laura Branigan? That's Bonnie Tyler. That's Bonnie Tyler? Yeah. Okay, sounds, I knew that. I, like no, Laura I knew Brand- that. I knew that. I just was... I, I knew that. It's from the Footloose soundtrack. So maybe Laura Branigan... Well, yes, but it's else. also from the Bandit soundtrack. So you say. Really? I, I, I haven't seen Bandit. Oh, God. But That's you've the, seen a zillion trillion movies. Yeah, movies are my thing. No, if you've never... Anyone out there has never seen Bandits, go see the movie. Get it from uh, wherever, Blockbuster or something like that, or whatever, Netflix or something. And, and it's one of the funniest... Lovely films that's out there. Great music. Anyway, this is Rich Rothman. Wanda Miles is here in the studio with me. And we're on the Rich Rothman Show uh, on 1360 WKAT, uh, streaming live at therichrothmanshow.com, 1360wkat.com, and at iTunes. So um, anywhere you go, you find us. Turn Jump around on the corner. Board. Yes, just do that. If you want to speak to us, give us a call at 305-447-3201. That's uh, 305-447-3201. Uh, just a couple of things, uh, just so we, I can let you know what's going on. We're, in just a second, we're going to have uh, Guillermo Martinez going to be on the phone, and uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Columbia, the FARC, and Indiana Jones. <laughs> when I get to that point. It blends well. Yeah, and, uh, and following that, in the second hour, for those of you who want to be aware of that, uh, we have Fred Hoffman, who's the general manager of the Hyatt Key West. Woohoo! Yeah, we're going to talk to uh, Fred and talk about how great they're doing down there and, and kind of the reasons, some of the reasons why. And we're going to have Juan Rivera. Yeah. Uh, and, and Juan is the... Uh, Division something of Kendall. He's from AAA. He's a divisional director, I think, for AAA. Division manager. Division manager of AAA. Division manager. We're just on top of this stuff here, kids. We want you to know that. But he's the big guy down there. Titles. Hey, but you know what? You got a question on AAA? He's the man to uh, he speak to. He is the to. man. So we're going to find out what's really going on uh, with in-state travel. And i got to tell you, it's been really, really busy. But now, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, we're going to get Guillermo on the phone. But I, I have to frame this out for us. So let's see if we can do that. Okay, we can do that. I know we can do that. It's there it is. Able to save people. Going into the jungles. Unafraid of snakes. Beating up the bad guys and making the world safe for democracy. It's Guillermo Martinez. And the men from Colombia going up against the park. I just had to put that in. Guillermo, are you there? I am here. And Do you I'm love laughing. it? I worked on that for you, just for you. I want you to know that. Ah, uh, that's great. Today is super. This is a Superman day or Superwoman day, depending on who we're talking to. So far, the only Superwoman here is Wanda. We don't have any women on the show today, do we? I'm a Wonder Woman. You're all that you are. That's for sure. Because if I didn't believe that, I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, Guillermo. So the more I thought about it, and we were, and obviously uh, Guillermo is going to talk a little bit about uh, how this whole. Uh, uh, rescue operation uh, occurred, which is why we're playing this Indiana Jones music. 
But uh, he's got the skinny on that. And then we're going to talk about some of the realities of it and what it really means for the, the government, I guess, of Colombia and what it really means for us. So welcome to the show. How are you, Guillermo? I haven't spoken to you in two weeks. Very good. And yourself, Rick? Well, other than the fact that I almost broke my arm and I have a cast for the next two and a half oh, weeks, no. I am. Oh, yeah, Wanda gets upset when I talk. About it. I try to get sympathy from everybody on that. My goodness gracious! But, you're, uh, a walking, you're a walking accident. Yeah, it was a really stupid thing I did and had surgery. Uh, that's why we didn't do the show a week ago because uh, I was so drugged out. Trust me, Andy Cord did not want me on the show and last don't week. Don't share any. No, and I no nope, can't do that. But uh, but we're back. We're here, and I'm glad you're with us. So Thank tell us now. You have your your articles coming out tomorrow in the Sun Sentinel, right? Okay, so let's talk without taking away the scoop and everything from the Sun Sentinel. So we'll change the words. But uh, what? How did this all come about? This this sounds like a superhero thing, doesn't it? Well, it's more uh, like a super spy thing. Uh, they infiltrated uh, the FARC. Uh, the Colombian government has the, the armed forces since Uribe has turned things around uh, for the last six years. Uh, at the beginning of the century, the FARC had 16,000 people, and they were kidnapping people left and right, and they were controlling large portions of the country, and it was really rough. It was really, really rough because the Colombian army, among other things, wasn't fighting. So the U.S. Uh, gave, with under Plan Colombia, started giving assistance, and Congress passed a law that said that you could go after the FARC not only because they were uh, they were trafficking in drugs, but they were guarding the people who were trafficking in drugs. So that opened up the way for the U.S. to help uh, the Colombian Armed Forces. And boy, we're talking about failed missions in other parts of the world. This is one part of the world where we're talking about success, and that's not something that we haven't heard of a lot. So wait a minute, how long do they take to do this? I mean, this goes back a ways then. Well, what's happened is slowly but surely, the army has been taking away the offensive from the from the guerrilla forces. So this is like five years in, in the, doing the guerrilla, this. The FARC has been has been in Colombia. Oh yeah, killing people for forty five years. Oh yes, we know that. But this operation really had its germination about five years ago. Well, not this particular operation, but the idea of the U.S. Army helping the U.S. Uh, helping the Colombian Armed Forces in uh -huh. training and with equipment and with intelligence and everything else. Yes, it started growing and it started going up. And the most important thing, in addition to the U.S. assistance, is the fact that the president had the guts to turn in and say, "You know what? We're going to go after these people." And uh, all things started turning around. You'll remember a few months ago when uh, uh, Colombian troops went across the border with Ecuador and killed uh, Reyes, one of the top commanders of the FARC. Now, who created a big stink? I remember that. We talked about it. Didn't Chavez voice this concern about that? Oh, he was discombobulated. Because he's, he's really a backer of the FARC. Yeah, oh, yes. He wanted, at that point, he wanted the FARC to be recognized as a belligerent force. And he was saying that he was negotiating to free hostages, providing the rest of the world, Europe and the United States, recognized the FARC as a belligerent force and not as a narco-terrorist organization. And he even went ahead and called Colombian generals without Uribe's permission, and Uribe fired his butt, his, his butt. just completely canned Chavez. And uh, from the computer that they got from this operation in Ecuador, they started seeing that Venezuela was going to give $300 million to the FARC for weapons. They started seeing that there was help coming in from Ecuador for the FARC. They started seeing all of these things. They captured some people who had bought some weapons and, and, and drugs in Costa Rica in connection with the FARC. 
So everything that came out of the computers in the Ecuadorian raid started coming through. Then the leader of the FARC, well, first in order, then one of the other seven uh, leaders of the FARC was shot by his bodyguard, by his own bodyguard. And the, then finally, his, the, the, the top leader, Marulanda, died, they say, of a heart attack. Nobody knows. But the FARC has lost three of its top seven leaders within the last within the last three months. See, I love when they say that these, these really bad guys died of natural causes, sort of like a knife going through the heart. That's right. That's <laughs> absolutely right. But this, op- this particular operation started about a year ago, uh, and they started observing, and they've been very careful. What they've done is they've made the FARC not be able to communicate one front with the other. The FARC is divided into different... A small groups throughout the Colombian jungle, and they, they have to, they used to communicate themselves uh, with each other by satellite phones. They made about a year ago, they had somebody here come by some satellite phones uh, in, in Panama and through Miami from a company, and they got the bug, they got bugs on the satellite phones that they used. And by doing this, they were able to trace where the FARC people were located, where the different camps were located. But if if you think about that aspect alone, the person, I mean, this is really a good movie, the person who actually tapped into their phones and placed the bugs, what a risky job operation that was. Well, that that was number one. Because they would have been pretty vicious to that person. Yeah, Bob, wait, wait, wait till you hear the end of it, because there's some news coming out today. Oh, good. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing is this progresses along, and then the, the, the Chavez operation to take out the hostages, uh, some of the, the people that, there were, that they had held captive for several years that were released about two, three months ago, used the zone, of, uh, uh, cleared a zone, and landed on a helicopter painted in white, and Chavez did all sorts of things and, uh, to, to make it appear like it was a grandiose thing. So using that as a model, the Colombian army started communicating with the people who held these 15 prisoners, Ingrid Betancourt, the, the former presidential candidate, right. and the three Americans, who were the most important hostages. Of, of Those were the, the cream of the crop for the, for, for the terrorists. And uh, somebody started communicating with them by satellite phone and telling them, you know, uh, we have going to have an... Uh, an ONG, a non-government organ, uh, you know, an, an ONG, one of those non-governmental organizations, uh-huh. it's getting involved in this, and we're going to have to move the, 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 the rebels from your camp to the camp of the new commander-in-chief. And so they, ta- they talked about it, and they, said, and they moved the, the, the rebels, uh, the prisoners, from several locations to this strategic location and concentrated all 15 of them in one spot. Then when they got out, got down, two helicopters came down, and when the helicopters came down, Ingrid Betancourt said that the people looked like Martians, that they looked like people from outer space. She said, this is no ONG or any non-governmental organization. This is ridiculous. The people were dressed with Che Guevara T-shirts <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, just that videotaped the whole the whole shebang and said, well, we want to load them in the helicopters, but first we must handcuff you. They handcuffed everybody going into the helicopters, and the people were, the Americans and Ingrid Betancourt were very upset about the whole thing. But they got them into the helicopter, and then the commander who had been 
their tormentor and his number two for the last four years also got into the helicopter but the people in the helicopter said before you enter the helicopter you've got to turn over your guns so they turned over their guns and the helicopter lifted off the uh, off the ground with 50 other gorillas on the ground i mean they had been surrounded by gorillas wow. all this time and there was about 10 or 15 uh commandos in, in this operation and they they took off and as shortly after they took off ingrid says that she doesn't know how it happened but that they had completely controlled the the, the leader of the, the the terrorist group had his ass buck naked in the middle of, of uh, in the middle of the helicopter and then the leader of the rescue uh, group of the said this is a colombian armed forces you are free and the people in the plane started jumping and hugging and doing Yay. ingrid vetencourt said that she thought that the, that the helicopter was going to fall and so they came down and uh, and then they were taken to a military base in colombia and ingrid was reunited with with her mother uh, and at the same time, the next day, she was reunited with her children from a, from her first marriage, who live in who live in France with their father. And uh, you know that's had a happy ending. The Americans were taken to a military base in in uh, Texas to, to be under to, to undergo medical exams and treatment and all the rest. They look pretty strong, those guys. I have to tell you, when I well, saw them on TV, them, one of them went through malaria. Oh. Uh, at, at one point, but no, they they they, they went through hell. I mean, oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, I don't think the full story is out yet. Uh, it, it really is is not. But this is I've never seen. This reminds me of the rescue of of Entebbe, uh, yep. the, the Israeli yep. raid on Entebbe. Just, not a single shot was fired. Richard. So they didn't they didn't kill the two bad guys. No, no, no. The two bad guys are in jail in Colombia. Well, they're going to get information from them, I guess. Oh well, they, they, at this point, they don't really need information. Uh, uh, what they've done is they've gone back, they've recorded Ingrid Betancourt's voice, and they've gone over the jungle areas where these people are going, and they're they're saying, "Turn your weapons in. You, your leaders are in jail. Turn your weapons in, and we'll allow you to reintegrate yourself into society. You have no choice. If you don't, the army's going to come after you." and so it's been a pretty successful, been a pretty successful operation. That's a terrific story. What's going to happen to the other 700 or so hostages that they've got? Well, people were afraid of of, uh, of a reprisal of sure. some kind of the FARC, but I don't think that they have the strength anymore to do any one of these things. There's a general uh, among the 700 uh, prisoners, a Colombian general, who was kidnapped uh, by the FARC, which was a pretty nasty group. Uh, yes. And, uh, Two things are happening. Uh, number one is that uh, on July 20th, there's a march throughout Colombia asking the FARC to release. Everybody is uh, asking the FARC to release the hostages peacefully. Even Cuba, Fidel Castro went on the air and said that the FARC should release the hostages. Even Chavez has said that the FARC should release the hostages. And now today, Uribe has gone to Venezuela, where the Venezuelan Communist Party was going to protest his, 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 his trip to Venezuela, and Chavez ordered the Communist Party not to protest. And Chavez now wants to get involved and see if he can also help Uribe re get the prisoners out. Well, it kind of diminished his power in the area. 
it diminished his power in the area greatly, and it enhanced Uribe's power. Exactly. It enhanced, it enhanced Uribe's power to the extent his popularity is over 90%. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He's, he's made Colombia. You know, Gareth uh, uh, Cooper, what's the name of Anderson Cooper 360 at CNN right. at night? Sure. He's been talking about how he's been to Colombia as a tourist recently, and the people don't realize how that country has changed. I have relatives from Colombia, and, 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 and for the first time in 20 or 30 years, they're thinking of moving back, back home because they can, and that is thanks to Uribe. Now, the interesting part about all of this is for the first time, there is really an opportunity for Uribe, and with the help of whoever, but under his conditions, can get these other prisoners released in a peaceful manner. Because if not, they will be held to pay. They will be they will be going after them, and they're totally disorganized. The sixteen the sixteen thousand original guerrillas that they had in the early year two thousand two thousand one is now diminished to about six eight thousand guerrillas. They're spread in different fronts in different parts of the country in the jungle. They can't communicate with each other. They're incapable of launching major operations now. And it really is, 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 it's really a feel-good story. It, it, it's one of the best feel-good stories that we've had in a long time. Oh, my God. It, it, it is like it's, a movie. I mean, it's an absolute movie. It is. That, it I expect is. you to write it. <laughs> so I'm sure that, that, that there's still a lot of stories that haven't been told. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw Larry King's interview of, of Ingrid Betancourt. No, I missed that. Uh, I don't watch Larry King all the time. I, I I don't know why. I'm not crazy about Larry King. No, I'm not either. But I watched him that night, and uh, she's she's really drawn out. She's very tired. Oh, she uh, looked awful. Are you kidding? She looked. I've seen pictures of her, and you know when you listen to the torture she went, she was chained to a tree. You know she won't talk about what happened. Oh my God! It's just because it's very horrible. Right. You know, extremely. She, she doesn't want to go back there. Well, listen, we're running out of time. Not a problem. And it is terrific speaking to superhero Guillermo Martinez. No superhero. I had nothing. You're, you're, you're the Superman in bringing me on the show. <laughs> I'll just I'll just play Clark, Clark Kent. This uh, is who's, uh, who's Wonder Woman's number two person. I don't know that. I don't know. But you're. It, we're going to look forward to your story tomorrow. We're going to find it in the uh, Sun Sentinel tomorrow morning. Okay. So I expect everybody to get out there and read that article and write emails to uh, Guillermo. Thanks an awful lot. You have a great weekend. Thank you, Rich. God bless. Bye bye. So is that that's a don't you think that's an outrageous that's story? An, an excellent story. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I, saw, I cry every time I see the pictures. Well, and Colombia is a gorgeous, wonderful country. I've been there a lot, and then I stopped going there because of two reasons: Medellin, hmm? and, which is the drug group, and and FARC, and they were kind of tied together. One supported the other. Uh, we're out of time, right? We're going. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, kind of looks that way. All right, listen, we're going to be right back on the other side of the hour. Uh, we've got uh, Fred Hoffman and we've got Juan Rivera coming on. We're going to talk about tourism in the state of Florida, particularly Key West. All right. So uh, don't go anywhere. This is Rich Hoffman, thirteen sixty WKAT. We'll be right back. Don't let this hurricane season catch you off guard. Prepare early, be ready, and stay safe. 